choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony. I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, yo, yo. What up? It's me, Kells, at KMGT on Twitter. I'm back. Thanks for asking. Kells Podcast, episode 214. All right, y'all. Summer's not um going out without a fight. It is currently... 87 degrees so I have my air on here in the studio so um I will edit out as much as 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 I can but if you hear extra in the back that's that's what it is because I'm just not gonna be sitting here sweating all right so um the last episode just dropped on Saturday because I was late so there hasn't been a whole lot new to discuss so I can't promise how long this episode is gonna be but um I I got a few things to talk about. Um, The first thing I want to say, and it's some of you may not. Oh, sorry. Um, Yours in negritude. So I realized um, I was talking about the U.S. Open last time, and I said Serena ain't have to play one of them young girls. She actually did have to play one of the young girls. What I was talking about was, like, one of the colored girls. But this girl she played was 19. And that girl, uh, I don't, she's Canadian. I don't know how to pronounce I mean, listen, Serena had a good match. It just goes to what I said before. Some of you just do not want to accept the fact that Serena is 38, 39. She's older. She's way past peak, way past prime. And she's not going to win these matches like she used to. And it don't have nothing to do with her mental capacity or none of that shit. She's just fine. She's just older now. And these younger girls are on the rise. And they're, and they're you know, 19 and 18 and 16 and 17 and they know that you know Serena is standing between them and you know greatness and so they're all coming at her now the same way when uh, Iverson and all them young cats came into the league and was going at Jordan and dunking on him and crossing him over because like if you want to get to be on the echelon that Jordan is and you got to get past Jordan and so but actually Serena played really well but like I was saying before the, the reason why Serena is losing now to these younger players because during her prime, Serena was the young one. Serena was the 16, 17, 20, and she had the youth and the strength to power through these matches. So when she would get behind, she could serve you out. She would power you out. She would run and get to every ball. She, you know, she had confidence. So she was, you know, every ball was dropping. She wasn't hitting things into the net. She wasn't hitting things long because she was the one on the come up, knocking out these other players, right? So now the tables have turned. She's older now, okay? And you people keep saying, oh, she hits the ball into a net. Listen, hitting a ball into a net, yes, that's a must. Just because it is just because it is something that you do on your own, it doesn't mean it's an unforced error. It's not like baseball where like, you know, somebody hits the ball to you and you just take your eye off the ball and you drop it. That's an unforced error. Or, um, I don't know, what else? Whatever. An error that is unforced means that it is not caused by the opponent. When you are volleying in a match and you have an opponent, be it tennis, basketball, 
I'm sure football, I've never really played, uh, I played like flag football, but I didn't really play football, football. But um, I imagine it's the same thing. And I've heard players say similar. When you have somebody on the other side of the net, on the other side of the ball, whatever the case is, and they are playing you tight, where you tight defense, or they just every, you know, every time you try to break free, they got you. It seems like they know every move you're going to make. Yo, I'm going to cut. You can't, I can't lose this motherfucker. He's on my back. That shit starts to play into your into your head, into your game, because you're trying to adjust. You're trying to think, God damn, okay. I tried to fake, can't go for that. Now, next time I'm a stutter step, God damn, all right, damn, I went behind the back. She was right there, fuck. Tried to pass, she was right, God damn, all right, I'm going to have to give myself some space. You try to adjust, and your head starts, your brain starts to think, your game starts to change, and you go out of when you're not in, you know, when you're not in that zone, or when you got somebody that's, that's, you know, usually I can just blow past everybody, but I'm not able to now because I'm, you know, older. I'm lost a step or whatever. Or these girls are just as fast and just as strong or whatever the case. It starts to affect your game. So you throw the ball out of bounds or you hit long because you're trying to she, what I noticed about the player that um, Serena was playing is that girl was staying in, in between, so if you know the tennis court, it has the two halves of the court and you have the hash in the middle. She was staying in the in, on the baseline pretty much like she never moved really, I'd say like six or seven feet either way of that hash, and she was just throwing everything back, I mean she was just Serena was trying to power it, she had that power, she would just sit down and hit it back, hit it back, she was just everything, but when Serena was moving her when she would hit them long shots and move her corner to corner, that's when Serena was scoring points, because that girl, that that spot she was in, she was in her pocket, she was not, she she could return, she returned her serve, she returned her hit, she's not gonna overpower me, I'm, I'm prepared for that, like I train, I'm prepared for your power, I know that you're strong, so I'm prepared for that, so she wasn't able to overpower her, and that girl was, you know, when she would get her moving, and she would score points, but it's the same thing, so so Serena probably saw that, but that's what you do, you have to adjust your game, oh shit, I have to get her moving, so that's when you start hitting balls into the net, you start hitting balls out, because you're thinking, and you're trying to adjust your game, okay, I just ran her way over to the far corner, so let me hit this drop shot to make her run in, but you miss, and you hit into, you know, maybe you touch the net, or you hit the net, like, that's what happens, I don't know, I don't know why y'all don't understand this. Serena's 38 years old. She is not, you can't move as fast as a 19-year-old. You can't recover as fast. A 19-year-old is fast. You hit that ball, bang, and you think she's not going to get to it. There's no way, and she gets to it, okay? And Serena served her a couple, because Serena's serve is still her serve now. Don't get me wrong. It's a couple times where she just served it, and the girl, I mean, you saw the other girl. She ain't even, she was like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, she just walked to the side. Like, well, that's Serena. I ain't get to that one. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be those, but Serena battled back though, she battled back points, so she still has those, I mean she's she's in the US Open final, so she's still good enough to get there but she's not gonna win like she was, because so are these other girls, these other girls are good enough to get there too, and guess what they have been spending their whole lives and career watching tapes, watching videos, coaching for Serena Williams cause they know that's who they are gonna have to beat to move on, so I don't know what part of that y'all don't understand, okay 38 is, is, is very old for a tennis player, it is ancient, I forgot, how old was Steffi Graf when she retired, was she 30, I'm not even sure she was 30 yet, she, uh, and she was kind of late, let me see, what age does Steffi Graf retire, let me check, uh, let's see, I don't, I don't Chris Everett, and, and I know Martina played a, a, a while, hold on, but Martina was another freak of nature, uh, how old was Steffi Graf, hold on, I'm sorry, y'all, you know, you gotta get the Google right, Steffi 
Steffi Groff. Fuck. Steffi Groff at retirement. Uh. All right. Let's see. Thirty. She retired August 14, 1999 at the age of 30. Serena is 38, going on 39, okay? She is ancient for tennis and to still be playing at the high level that she's playing at. And she basically said that in the press conference when they asked her, she was like, look, these girls are coming for me. She knows. So it's like, oh, she's making mental mistakes and she can only beat herself. No, she's not beating herself. She's being beat by the player on the other side of the net who's also good enough to get to USO open finals and who was on the rise and who knows that they have to beat Serena Williams okay that's the difference Serena has 24 titles she doesn't really have anything to prove she's out there playing her best game you know to try to win another one but it's not like anybody she doesn't have this thing where anybody nobody there's nobody she has to beat that's standing in her way so she could be the great champion she's already the great champion she is the one that they have to beat and that is what they are doing same way again in other sports all these basketball players the Kobe's the Iversons all those guys study Jordan they watch his game and and what's the first thing Allen Iverson did when he got on the court he crossed the thing up two times like yo I'm here nigga like you Jordan I, I, I get it but I'm here man I'm here I, I, I can play ball too and it's the same thing but yours and negra to, to Serena and, and the girl that won that US so that girl was good that girl played that game and you can see it this is what I was talking about before when you can see you can see that hunger in a, in a young player's eye when they know when they know that they got you in their crosshairs. And you can see that girl never looked nervous. She never looked anxious. Even when she got behind, she would walk it off a little bit. She got right back into it. She never at all looked like she was out of out of sync at all. She just was like, all right, let's go. You got that serve? Okay, cool. Oh, you got a point? Okay, cool. I'm, let's go. Let's go. And, you know that's going to happen more often is my point Serena is a great player and I'm sure when she feels like she can't compete at the level to where she can get to a final she'll retire but um, right now she doesn't I mean if she wanted to retire it'd be fine she doesn't have anything else to prove um, and I think maybe if a couple more grand slams or whatever where maybe you know she gets to the finals but doesn't win she might retire because it's, at that point it's like okay I'm still playing at a high level, but I'm not winning these grand champs anymore, and these other young girls are starting to win them, so I've done all I could do, I got all my plays, because I swear to God, I think Serena would get them second <laughs> second place plates to her daughter I don't think she'd give a fuck about them shit, even when she used to lose to Venus, <laughs> Serena be standing on the side with that plate, like, whatever <laughs> like, whatever <laughs> like, you can have this plate too, Venus you want both in your room, because I don't want this shit <laughs> she's to be pissed that she had them second class plates so I really don't think it's she give a fuck about being second, I think she wants to win or not win, and I think when she feels like same way Jordan did, Jordan came back but Jordan was like, yo, I peak now and it's all downhill, and I just don't want her to do that um, you know, but Jordan adjusted his game but tennis is not a sport, like I said before, where you can really adjust it's a cardio sport, it's a fast sport there's no, there's no fade away jumper in tennis <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I mean maybe your serve, like you know, if you have a serve that you can count on, that you can really, you know, still know you can power people out with, which I think Serena probably did a lot, like, later in her career, like when, you know, maybe between when she was, you know, 25 to 30, I feel like she pulled out a lot with the serve, but we 
nine years down the road now, and the serve is not, you know, it still comes through, but it's not blowing people out like it used to, because again, those girls who are 16 and 17 have trained their entire life to return Serena Williams' serve, because they watch tennis, just like everybody else, and you figure out what they need to beat her. So, moving on. Um, the second thing I wanted to draw attention to was, it's a clip that some of you, if you didn't see it, look it up, um, I don't even know what it was for, I came, I think it came across on Complex, but it seemed like some kind of roast of, um, it was Blake Griffin and Caitlyn Jenner, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner and, I forgot who, I don't know what it was, but it seemed like a a, a roast of Caitlyn, because Blake was talking about Caitlyn, I don't don't know, I mean, listen, Caitlyn Jenner is still, you know, Bruce, Bruce Jenner in a former life, which is a, you know, Olympic athlete and the first athlete on a Wheaties box, if y'all don't know about Bruce Jenner, y'all should look it up, because he was the real deal, um, and so there's still a sports, uh, tradition there, and, um, I wanted to bring it up, because of this, you know, on, I, I, I dragged, uh, Kevin Hart last week, and Dave Chappelle the week before, and it still stands, but, like, you know, this pushback that, oh, well, people are, just, we just sensitive, first of all, black males calling anybody sensitive is joking in of itself, because you have no idea how hard it is to be an LGBT person in this world, let alone a black LGBT, or a LGBT person of color, okay, it's, so, you have to be tough, there are so many self-hating people, there are so many in-the-closet people, there are so many people living lives that, you know, they're miserable and unhappy because they are too afraid to come out because the world hates them and the world treats us like it treats us, so, you know, we are not sensitive people, please, we can take a fucking joke, you motherfuckers are the ones that, you know, as soon as somebody don't laugh at just stupid shit, ah, PC culture, you can't say anything anymore, I'm being persecuted, so whatever, but I brought this clip up because... Blake Griffin is is roasting Caitlyn and he's talking about trans and he's making very uh uh what's the word very um you know I I don't know quote fingers non-PC jokes but they are funny if you watch the clip it's funny Caitlyn is laughing everybody's laughing Blake is doing a really good job it's a little crass it's a little 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 you know spicy but it's a funny joke, and you know why? Because his intent is not to humiliate her. His intent is not to humiliate trans people and people who identify as trans and to show how edgy and ignorant he can be and how he's just gonna say whatever because everybody's too sensitive. It's, it's His jokes, if you're sensitive, if truly sensitive people might would also be offended by what Blake said, but I'm not because it was funny, and it was done in a very classy and very smart way way, and if you want a contrast of what people are saying about Dave Chappelle and his mean-spirited attacks purposeful attacks that are unnecessary on trans people watch that clip and see if you can figure out the difference it's, 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 it's Blake, he did a good job he did a really good job, it was funny moving on um I'll save that for last, so today is uh, September 11th, every year on September 11th, I forget that it is September 11th, until I turn on the news, or log on to Twitter, and, and I'm reminded every five fucking minutes that it's 9-11, by people doing the absolute most 
about something that most people weren't even old enough to remember or saw on TV or just have zero connection to, period. But here they go on 9-11, you know, with this trauma porn. I've told y'all before, y'all know I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, I'm a combat veteran, uh, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan as an intel officer, um, hazard duty pay, you know, carried the big guns and all of that. But I, you know, when I got out um, of the military, and well, not even just when I, when I when I left that career and like came to law school and just did just change a career, like I tell people I'm a veteran, but I, you know, every job I've ever been to, there's always like this veteran affinities network, and there's all these vet organizations, and people are like, oh, you know, they have a veterans organization you can join. I don't join any of that shit. Not because I am ashamed of being a veteran. I am not ashamed at all. I will, I will, you know, you can put that shit on my fucking tombstone. I don't care. Um, but because, you know, I left that part of my life behind. You know, there's something I did. It's something I'm proud of doing. It's something that I actually, you know, I had a lot of fun doing. But I don't. I didn't want to do it anymore, and I put it behind. And people, I just people who, you know, drag that with them. I just I avoid them like the plague because it's like, I don't want to talk about that shit, like, it's, it's tr- to me it's trauma porn, it's why I don't like all these war movies, although I did go see Zero Dark Thirty, because that was uh, very close to what I do, and I actually think it was very good, and I don't think it's, you know, in the trauma porn genre but all these, you know, Mark Wahlberg playing the, the hero, and all it, I don't, it's all trauma porn okay, it's all just it's all just people trying to live vicariously, their little fucking soldier Rambo dreams, or whatever the fuck it is, and want to cry and lament and all this bullshit, it's like yo, if you want to be a hero, go go join the military and go be a hero and then come back and, and you know, you'll you'll know for yourself that you, you're a hero like these people who tell these stories like no offense to like millennials but like, I was in the, I was in the Marine Corps on 9-11, I was in DC and the job that I had, we really thought that uh, we was not going to get out of there that day I called my dad and everything. <laughs> like I was like, yo, I don't know. So and you know, and as the day when it first happened, as the day we had we got information faster than the news. So as the day progressed, we started to get a handle on what was happening. But there was early part of that day after the first plane had hit the tower. After the first plane hit the tower, nobody really knew what was going on. This, we thought, you know, we meaning that oh, it's an accident. Like that was what we were going on. Then we emails started coming through before the second plane hit, that it wasn't an accident, so we were all hyped, then we saw the second plane hit the, hit the towers, and then we were like, what the fuck, because at that time, the third plane, the one that ended up crashing in Pennsylvania, that was on its way to D.C., we didn't know where that plane was, and, when they, and then the other plane finally crashed in, the, uh, in D.C., and so the, in those few hours where we really didn't really know what the other plane was and what was going on and who who was doing this and like what else was going to happen that was a very tense time like that was I was like shit I am really going to die for my country on today like I was like this is some bullshit but I didn't right and it's a memory I take with me and all the people I serve with we take but we don't talk about that shit because it's like for what like you know I feel like 9-11 is the day the country lost its mind, because like I've told y'all before, the reason why the Russians are able to get in here like they have is because on 9-11, we forgot all, and you know, we forgot all about everything else, and everything was uh, Middle East and terror and Taliban, and we started that stupid-ass war to go into Afghanistan to get the Taliban when it was Osama bin Laden and the Saudis who attacked us, and here we still fighting in Afghanistan, and your dumbass president that your white people voted for invited the fucking Taliban to America! 
And let me tell you what was gonna happen with that. And and you listen, you cannot tell me I was wrong. I studied them people for years and years, and I know exactly how them think. And them motherfucking Taliban would have came right to Camp David and blew that motherfucker up. And it might have been good for us, but it would have been horrible PR. But that's the type of shit they do. You that's how they think. That's why if, why his dumb ass said, Oh, I called it off because he he did they did an attack on the US to kill the soldiers, show us the strength. Because that's how they think cause those motherfucking people over there cannot be helped, I'm trying to tell y'all, we need to leave that country, there's a reason why that country has not been conquered since, uh, since uh, Alexander, it's a reason why the Russians went over there and had to leave, we owned it because the, the, I, I don't like to make broad generalizations, and when I say this people say I'm being racist, you can say I'm being racist all the fuck you want to, until you've been over there and, and seen and experienced what I experienced you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but there's a mindset, there is a, a those people can't be helped those people can't be helped, they are defeatist, they are, they are, um, they have been fighting since before the Bible days, and it's nothing we can do about it, they are dead set in that religious stuff, they, 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 they are, are, I, I don't even have the words for what they are, they, they, you, they can't be helped, there's a saying, you know, you can teach a man to, how to fish, or you can buy a man a fish, or you can teach a man how to fish, you can buy them a fish over there, they'll complain you ain't get them the right fish, you can teach them how to fish, they'll complain the river doesn't have enough fish in it, it's your fault, everything is somebody else's fault, everything is somebody else has to come in and fix it, everything is just, they take everything as a slight, they hold grudges forever, and this is a cancer saying this, they hold every little slight little grudge forever, they're very misogynistic, they're very, um, just, just backwards people, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, they're, Iraq is a little different, because a lot of those people, you know, they, they're a little bit more civilized, they're, they're, they're a city, you know, a lot of them go to school here, they go back, Persia is very, totally different, like Iran is totally different than the rest of the world, right, but but Afghanistan and, and, and the troubles over there, Syria and all them, ISIS and all them people, like, they cannot be helped, we cannot help them, if those people want to um, join us in the modern world and, and not just be a, a the pile of just neglect that has been, and, and people say, oh, well, it's the United States for oil, no, it's not, because even before we got the, yeah, we fucked a lot of shit up, we, going in Iran, we really, you know, just like all the experts say, if you go in Iran and move out Saddam Hussein, all these small factions, you're gonna destabilize the Middle East for, you know, years, but it's not like it was fucking great, running great before we got there, like, again, they've been fucking literally at war since before Bible days, okay Alexander conquered the world and got turned back in Afghanistan because he couldn't conquer those mountains and those people okay, that's all, so it, we, we can't help those people um, but you know, we and we need to leave so, I, I listen, fuck Trump forever, but you know I think I think uh, I think the surge that Obama did was a mistake. I think these people that tell you, "Oh, well, we can't. We, we need to leave. We need to leave. We have made zero difference. How many lives have been lost? How much time? It's the longest war in America, and we have made zero difference. When we got over there, they was fighting, and killing each other. They still fighting, and killing each other, and us too. We need to go. They cannot be helped. If those people want to fix it, they have to fix it themselves, and you know." let them fight it out, and we just deal with who's left, and if that's the Taliban, that's the Taliban, that's just what it's gotta be, you know, um, 
I don't know what to tell you. You just gotta make sure they ain't trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. That's how I felt about it for some time. It's impo- when I went over there, I went over there with the best of intentions. I mean, I wasn't no pie in the sky, you know, stupid ass. But I went over there like, you know, okay, because the, the reality is there are people over there, you know, that are struggling and really want a good life. And, you know, but same way here, people in the ghettos or wherever, they struggle and really want a good life, but they really don't have the means or the or the or they're not willing. They're just they just they're complaining, but they're not really, you know, well, do you vote? No, I don't vote. Okay, well, do you, no, you know, but they got complaints. It's kind of the same thing. And it's like, after a while, you're just like, all right, so, okay. So, you're complaining about the suicide bombers, but your neighbor is a suicide bomber, but you don't say anything. So, when we come ask you what the suicide bombers is, oh, we nobody know nothing, you don't know nothing, no, we don't do that here, and then tomorrow, this same dude comes and attacks us, and, you know, don't nobody know nothing. So it's, you know, kind of a similar, similar thing. Um, but I just, I hate 9-11. It's a trauma porn holiday. Every, listen, if you watched it on TV or whatever, I'm sure it was very traumatizing, but it's not nearly as traumatizing as people. There were people, real people in them towers downtown. As a lot of, not everybody died. A lot of people made it. A lot of people on that day, they'll tell you they had to walk all the way from, some of them lived in the Bronx of Brooklyn. They had to walk across the bridge covered in dust and, you know, no phones was up. I remember that day you couldn't make a call. So if you, nobody knew where anybody was. You know, people were hiding under cars trying to clear the dust people, you know, took all night to get home some people got stranded, didn't know where their loved ones were, you know, had to walk blocks and blocks because, you know, there was no communication you know, people were putting up signs and missing loved ones, it was a hard time for real people DC, you know, I, I we went down where that plane landed, I still remember seeing the wheel of that fucking plane the hole in the side of that fucking building, it was like something out of a movie, and I still remember seeing the, the wheel of that plane and I was like, wow, plane, I remember I said to myself, wow, plane wheels are really big, that's what, that's what I thought, cause I was like, damn, like the wheel was like really big, it made a huge hole, and it, you know, I, I realized later that the hole was from the plane, but at the time, it looked like the wheel made it, but I, I still remember that smoke blackest smoke you ever seen um, it was a hot day that day. It was re- it was very warm, and so the, the fire from the gas from the um, gas fumes was crazy. That's why these fucking nutbag uh, conspiracy theories talking about fire can't burn metal. I don't know what science class you attended, but fire has been burning metal since the beginning of time. How do you think knives and swords and wrought iron gates are made? You put metal into fire, it gets hot, it gets liquid, and you bend it. And I guarantee you, jet fuel is way hotter than fire. That shit burns hot. That shit was hot on that day. Um yeah, but I'm just over it, like, I don't I don't feel no way on 9-11, I feel like the people who experienced it live, you don't feel no way it's like, yeah, it was a tragic day but it was 20 years ago, and so much other stuff has happened, and it's like before and after, and we just over you people acting like, oh, 9-11 was the worst day ever, never forget, blah blah blah, like, nigga, you was from Kansas, what you, what you never forget, like, do you even know anybody that was killed there, do you? You don't. Were you there? No. Oh, well, I was in sixth grade and I watched it on TV. Oh, oh. I watched the Space Shuttle Challenger on TV blow up. And, you know, so yeah, remember it. Remember the people that died. But, like, y'all do the most. I, I hate this day. Y'all do the most. Especially here in New York City. Um, D.C., I felt like wasn't so bad. Like, it, they don't carry on about it so much in D.C. as I feel like I could be wrong as they do in New York City. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to everybody who lost their life on 9-11 and since, and people who are still over there fighting a good fight, they need to bring y'all home, because it ain't no good fight, um, and I don't, you know, 
God bless some people, but they gotta figure out their lives for themselves, we got enough problems over here with this fucking moron that y'all done voted into the office, and I'm just, I'm over it um, in that same vein, John Bolton was fired yesterday, John Bolton who was a nut, who was a complete kook, who is like typical Trump nutbag that nobody but Trump would hire and apparently his nutbag ways were running up against Trump's even more nutbag ways but I will say this for John Bolton Trump tried to play him like he played everybody else talking about he, you know, he um fired him, and John Bolton was like, um, well, all on the tweets, like, um, well, actually, I resigned yesterday, because that motherfucker was ignoring everything I said, and I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do, if he not, I mean, I'm a whack fucking job, but you hired me to be a whack fucking job, and I'm telling you whack job shit, and you ain't listening, well, I don't know what you want me to do, so I resigned, and he said he'd think about it, and the next thing I know, he gonna get up tomorrow, today, and tweet, like, he fired me, and he ain't fired nobody, I resigned, so I give that to John Bolton, because the rest of the motherfuckers be going out like some suckers, they let Trump talk about them any kind of fucking way, and I don't understand it, cause Trump can't fight, and if I'm a fucking armed four star, five four star army general, I be got John McCain, I be goddamn if you gonna talk to me sideways, I'll punch you in your motherfucking face Mr. President, they can just put me in the brig or whatever, cause I'll get out eventually and your ass, your ass might not make it my rec- I'll let my record, I'll let my shining military record speak for itself, cause I'm punching you in your motherfucking face you ain't gonna try me, I done been to Vietnam, and, and Korea, and everywhere else, and got 32 confirmed kills, or whatever the fuck it's gonna be, you ain't finna talk to me sideways, fucking Cheeto, fat ass puff, with them fucking bootleg suit pants you got on, I'll, I'll punch you dead in your face, and I'll go sit in the brig, I don't give a fuck, so, I don't know, and the band plays on, like, what else can we say, um, it's very dangerous though, cause it's like, again, Bolton is like, the guy from the, like, the superhero, like, the Superman movies, like, Lex Luthor, you know, them kind of dudes, that's, that's who John Bolton was, like, the, oh, let's just put a missile in a balloon and shoot it through Iraq and blow them all up, you know, that's John Bolton, so if he, I don't know who gonna come behind him, like, what's gonna be next, Yosemite Sam? <laughs> Megamind? Like, who, who fuck is gonna be, like, I mean, I'm laughing, cause what else can you do, like, we have gotten guys, we have gotten this far, I swear to God by grace and by and by divine intervention, because these motherfuckers are so fucking incompetent, because if they were at all competent shit would be a lot worse, but these motherfuckers are like the keystone cops, and they can't do shit, right, he's an idiot, everybody around him is an idiot, nobody who has any sense works for him or listens for him, to him, they already said Intel Ben cut him off, they don't show him anything, they don't tell him anything, because they're afraid it's gonna get back to Putin, they had to pull a spy back from Russia, and let me tell you something, as a former spy, I'm not gonna get into it, but people risk this, the same thing I said about Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning and all the motherfuckers that y'all thought, oh they're whistleblowing, no they're not, they're fucking traitors who are putting people's lives in jeopardy, people spend 20, 30 years, you guys have no idea how the spy game works, you watch these movies and you think it's Jason Bourne, that shit is nonsense, Jason Bourne is not who is risking his life, the people, what, what if you a perfect, I told y'all last week about Snowfall, if y'all watch Snowfall, that's more how it works, the CIA guy, the CIA, the agent is not, this is not the government person, the agent is the person they recruit, the person they recruit does not work for the government, the person they recruit is usually a regular guy, and the, and the US government comes to them and say, look, you know, you work at, you know, the, the, the Kremlin and the Moscow, and we, you know, they're hacking our shit, we need to hack them back, you work in IT, 
if you give us the, the, you know, map to their IT system or whatever it is, we'll pay you or whatever it is they promise you, sometimes it's we'll bring you and your family back to America, a lot of times it's for money or favors or whatever the case the person who was risking their life is the CIA agent that is the person who was every day risking getting shot and getting killed and some people do that stuff for 20 and 30 years a lot of these Chinese companies over here these these companies that that y'all keep reading about getting caught you know sneaking in a Mar-a-Lago and this is, this is just the stuff we get caught those are Chinese assets they not really they over here Goldman Sachs and, and, and Snap and Facebook and all these places as oh I'm a dream you know I'm what you say the dreamers I went to school here yeah, all that's true, but really they were sent by the Chinese government, they working for the Chinese government, and the ones that y'all read about are the ones that get caught, it's many more out here that are not getting caught, that are sending uh, secrets back every day just at the Samsungs and Huawei's and all these fucking companies they are here sending that information back to Beijing and Shanghai and now Hong Kong I, I know it because we have people on our side doing the same thing in those countries and risking their lives and you got this dumbass president tweeting uh, secret maps on tweet on tweets and telling Putin shit and risking people's lives so they have to pull people out when he put that fucking image on that do they know that we spy on them yes but by putting this is the same thing I told you about Snowden when you put that image on Twitter somebody somewhere can see that image and work their way back and figure out oh they got that in that that we had that truck. I'm I'm simplifying it, but I'm walking through the process. We had that truck outside that facility yesterday between twelve and four. The only way and and we know that between twelve and four there's no satellites overhead because we know that, you know, we already know that, that satellite that, that's over that facility only comes by at three o'clock. So we make sure at three o'clock we don't have anything out that they can know. But this picture is from twelve thirty, which means that somebody at this facility um, took this picture or or pulled it off of storage and uh, what I'm trying to say is and when you show a picture like that, that picture's not benign yes, of course they know that we take their pictures of their shit they know, that we know they take pictures of all these set spy satellites going around that's what you do, but when you show stuff like that, people can reverse engineer that, people can say something like, wait a minute wait a minute, that, that code on the side of that picture, that 312 that's from Hassan's facility the only way they could get that is from Hassan so let's go over to Hassan's facility and figure out who up, oh, you, oh, you actually came here from America, oh, you went to school in University of Michigan, you've been here for 15 years, oh, funny that this fucking three, and they take you out and shoot you, that's how the shit happens, that's why none of these leaks are innocent, none of these things, I just, for, oh, wait, the First Amendment, and people need to know they're spying on us, no, you, duh, duh, Yes, they're listening. They they take your conversation. Nobody cares about you talking to your aunt. That's not what it's for. You're getting you're putting people's lives in jeopardy. And it's not a coincidence that after Snowden did what he did, they started hacking our machines and hacking our elections and hacking our phones and hacking our electric grids because he gave them the network. And now they got it all. And so now we gotta adjust. And you know, as far as and, and Russia again, because we lost our mind at eleven at nine eleven and, and took the eye, eye off the ball, they've been staying low and building under the radar there, getting back at us, and, and they are deep into that hacking and that t- they've been doing that shit deep, and we've been doing it too, but we've been distracted, because we've been over fighting this stupid ass war in Afghanistan and Russia has been focused, and that's how they interfere with our elections and that's how they got fucking Trump elected, cause we've been fucking falling asleep, and I for one am a person who believes like, 
at the time, you know, it, it seemed like a bad thing, but I think the Cold War was good for America. Besides, you know, the nuclear threat, but number one, the defense industry, it makes a lot of jobs, all you people talk about is cutting government spending, and y'all don't really know what y'all talking about, because what you're talking about is a lot of these jobs that people had, that's what's being cut. How many military bases, when they downsized, were cut? Those people are out of jobs now, and now you go from being like, you know, a guy that gets paid, I'm not exaggerating, in like 1995, a guy that probably got paid 80 or 90 grand in 1995 to sit in a satellite facility and just make sure that nobody unauthorized got in and to print out what they had to print out, you know, and got paid 90000 for that because they had a security clearance and, you know, were able that, that guy now, he gotta go work at Home Depot because, you know, he doesn't have a, a degree because he came from the military, that was his military specialty, he went over to the uh, defense contracting and I think, you know, since the Cold War has been over, we kind of fell apart because we don't have this common enemy which is Russia to fight and they, and they they're a poor country, they don't have anything, all of their government is through grift and corruption and graft and so that's why they're over here fucking with us because they don't, their country, the Soviet Union was a farce it was a farce long before it collapsed it finally collapsed and now the whole world knows it's a farce, but it was never anything in the first place, so there's nothing that they can draw on you know what I'm saying, like the Bolshevik uh, revolution was in 1917 they set that shit up, but it was always bullshit, like they never had an economy, their whole economy was making weapons to battle with us, so now that that's gone, what, what happened when the Soviet Union first collapsed, they started selling their weapons everywhere to the Taliban and ISIS and everybody else because that's the only way they can make money, they have no industry, the only industry they have is nuclear power, and that's why they're trying to uh, get out of all these treaties now so they can build that back up, so I, I personally, I think we should go back to the Cold War I think we should make them enemies and let Vladimir Putin take over whatever he want to take over and, re- and, and reassemble the Soviet Union, and that's when like, I I mean, it sounds crazy, but like, I don't know what the other solution is. I mean, because China is, you know, on our asses. China took over Africa, and they're just way, a lot of these other countries, listen, the reality is, America was never really exceptional. The reality is, after World War II, all the rest of the world had got banged to rubble, except for China, but all of Europe had nothing left was standing, so of course we were on the rise, because we were the only ones that had factories, so we made everything, we produced everything and that drove our economy, but these other countries have recovered now, Europe is back up, China again, never well Japan was destroyed, but even they in that time, they've come back up but China has always been there staying low and building and we're just like behind, uh, India and all these places were behind because, you know, we thought we were out here being special and we had something unique and we really didn't, we just, the whole rest of the world was blown to shit and we were making the cars, and we were making the washing machines, the Sears, and the Maytags, and the Fords, and Motown, and the music, and all of that, and now all we really make that's uniquely ours is the music, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, that's what it was, like, it's fat, like, if you look like I was watching the, um, on, on Showtime, there's a special on Motown, and that's what kept, that's what kept sticking with me, because I was watching them talk about, you know, Detroit, and, and, and how Detroit came together, and how, you know, uh, everybody had went north in the Great Migration, and I've talked about this before, be, because the Ford Motor Plant um, paid black people more than they could get anywhere else, and it just, Motown, it, Motown is the history of America, like, if you look at Motown, if you follow the, if you trace the history of Motown, it's, it's, it's the history of post-war America, and that's what that, um, documentary was getting at, but it just kept striking to me, striking me, it was all about consumption, because the thing about Motown that a lot of people try to knock it for, but I actually think, to this day, I still appreciate it for it, is that it presented black people in a very, you know, the 40s, 30s, we were dumb, we were slaves, we were ignorant, all the, all the, um, 
you know, the black face and the minstrel shows, you know how they used to portray us, like dumb, like we slow, you know how it was, birth of a nation and all of that shit, and Motown came along and presented black people the way we really were, or the way we could be if y'all would get the fuck out of our way, very classy, so the Diana Rosses, the Supremes, the Temptations, everybody had their suits, and they looked, you know, they used the classical music, and the music was very, um, in a certain way, and it was very pristine and clean, and a lot of people knock Motown for that, but I actually appreciate it, and I still appreciate it, because, but but, but the, the, what that tells you about America is that, you know, it was all about consumption. It was all about, you know, how many songs are about Cadillacs? How many songs are about, you know, working and all? It's, it just, that, if you watch that, um, if you watch that documentary, I don't think it's intentional, but the thing that really comes across now is how much of America's success was really just post-war boom, it was really just people buying shit, okay, we went through the depression the depression was horrible, nobody had nothing, we, we started World War II, we won World War II, now we're producing all this shit, all this steel like Pennsylvania, um, they said there was a stat I read that said um, in 1950, I think it was Pennsylvania's um, GDP was like more than uh, was the second highest behind the country, so in other words there was the United States GDP, and the second highest was Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania was higher than some whole other countries whole GDP because of steel, because of the steel mills and the coal, we were producing all the steel, Bethlehem steel the reason why the Steelers have that emblem is because Bethlehem steel, that was the Bethlehem steel corporate emblem, that's where that came from, we were producing everything, we were producing all the planes, everything, because Europe was in rubble, so where you gonna get shit from, and China and and all those countries at the time, they were still, they were not modern yet, they were still you know, doing they, I don't know what the fuck they was doing over there, but they weren't modern right, they weren't, um, they weren't where they are now, and so if you wanted anything to rebuild Europe, you needed steel you needed granite, you needed whatever you needed to rebuild, they had to get it from us there was nowhere else to get it from because everybody, Europe was in ruins Japan was in ruins again, China wasn't modern, nobody else was up to speed, so we were the only ones and that's where, that's why we were doing so well, that's why in 1955, you could go down to whatever plant, wherever you were from and get a job, and and support your whole family, you know making boxes and shit, because that's just the, that's what it was but that shit is over now, And, and people still talking about bringing the factory jobs back, and it's like, y'all, that's that's over with, you we're not, we were never exceptional, we were just the only one, so it's like, it's cheaper to make that shit overseas now, these factories are not coming back, it's cheaper, we got robots, and that's, that's, um, I forgot who said that, I think it was the Twitter guy, the guy who's running for president from Twitter, he said that, he was like, you know, Trump is, is scapegoating immigrants and Mexicans and all that, but that's not who's taking your job, these manual labor jobs are being taken by robots, even, even now when you go to the, the floor plant, yeah, they still have people on the floor, cause you gotta, you know, the robots break or whatever, but they were like, this used to be a whole assembly line of people, now it's like two or three people and the rest of these are robots, the robots putting the tire on, the robots putting the door on, the robots tightening the screws or whatever, I don't know, whatever you do for a car, it's robots, that's who's really taking the job, automation, right, and we, and, and, and that's what I said back when Hillary was running, I was like, you know, y'all, everybody, she went to coal country and told them the truth, and you know, they didn't like it, like, yo, coal is over, like, there's clean energy now, the other countries are way ahead of us with windmills, and you, you know, all of this shit, like, coal is just not coming back, we can retrain you for other shit, I don't want to hear that, you know, cause God forbid you gotta get off your ass and go read a book and stop watching, turn off the Fox News and go learn something, they don't want to do that, 
My grandfather's grandfather, Doug Cole. Yeah, nigga, your grandfather, Doug Cole, in 1855, before he even had electric lights. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, that was a long rant off of Bolton Quits. Um, the last thing I want to say, oh, so let's stay in that vein. So, last week on MSNBC, and this feeds into what I've been saying about, um, you know, uh, how the race is still early. And you know anybody believing in polls is is a little is a little playing themselves. And and last week on MSNBC they released a poll that they took at the Essence Fest. If y'all familiar with Essence Fest, it's a really good time. I want to go back, but it's it's a it's a uh, music festival. Well, it's a festival with music. I think it's more than just music. It's like it's African American centered. Not you know other people go down there too, but and it's getting bigger. Like it used to be really niche, but now since Girls Trip, there you go. If you saw the movie Girls Trip that's what they went to, that was Essence Fest and actually since Girls Trip I've heard it's you know, it's taken off, like they gave it a lot of exposure and so now a lot more people are going but it's, you know, Africa, it's it's, PO, it's, it's black center but you know, it's not exclusively and they took a poll there and in that poll it had Biden leading but not by as much as he has on national, I think Biden was at like 25 Kamala Harris was at 17% and Elizabeth Warren was at 12 or 15% and I forgot who was under her but everybody under those three were in single digits and I think that that poll is probably more in line with where these candidates are I've been saying Iowa and all of that New England that's nice that's sweet but you are only getting a small slice of the pie that is not the base of the Democratic Party for, for when Obama won and and every time a Democratic president wants, you have to get the whole base out, you have to, which is black women, women of color, and young people out. And I think Essence is more the, the, the cross uh, section of people who would be polled, because they even had like 83 or 4.3% for Trump, and I was like, who the fuck was at Essence Fest that liked Trump? But somebody said black Republicans, but Essence Fest ain't really the black Republican uh, draw, but I don't know, it depends on how many people in the sample. 4.3 could have been like two people. But um, anyway, I think that that poll is more indicative of where people are. And that's why people are like, oh, Harris is doing bad. Harris is, I'm like, y'all are talking, if you're talking about Iowa, if you're talking about New Hampshire where it's Bernie and, and Warren are strong, then Kamala's not going to do there. But these people that they are polling is not a broad base. Wait till you get down south. Wait till you get to play to the Chicago's and the New Yorks and the places where we are. Then you're gonna see that um, these these other candidates really not it. If you think that Kamala Harris, the first black woman running for president, is not gonna be down the stretch, you're crazy. Now, am I saying all black people are gonna vote for for her? No. But if you think that she doesn't have a a, a, a Howard alum who was an AKA who was a former um senator it was a former AG and a senator of California the most populous state in the nation where the saying goes the way California goes the way the country goes if you think that she's going to fizzle out and not be here at the end I don't know what to tell you okay but all of this is going to be I, I like Elizabeth Warren I really do but I just and, 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 and I'll vote for her like I will have no problems voting for her but a lot of her stuff is super super liberal a lot of it is really just you know wishes not really anything practical and I just don't think that that shit is as popular as MSNBC and all these fucking white liberal poll taking polls is telling y'all okay these old black people right now they still hanging on to Biden and you know because they're afraid that, we you know, we need somebody to, but, but Biden is, is, 
I don't think Biden is, Biden might still get the nomination, because the reality is that, you know, a lot of black, and and this is the other thing I want to say, that you can't trust those polls, because there's a difference between popularity and who people will vote for. Liz Warren is very popular. If you ask me if I like Elizabeth Warren, I'll say yes. That's different than who you vote for, though, right? If you ask a lot of these old black people, do they like Kamala Harris? They're gonna say yes. If you ask them, do they like Joe Biden? They're gonna say yes. If you ask them, do they like Elizabeth Warren? Some of them, I don't think Elizabeth carry so big with old blacks, but she might. I know. I know black people like her. They'll say yes, but that is different than who they're going to vote for. When when you ask me, did I like Barack Obama? I said yes, but I voted for Hillary. I voted for Hillary because I, I thought Hillary should have been president. But, but when she lost, I voted for Barack. But that's different, and I think that's what people not understanding. Yeah, but Sanders is real popular because why? Because people know him. Sanders, nobody's voting for him. Okay, nobody. He's not winning the nomination. Okay, he's not. So, Harris is sticking around. She never drops below 7%. I, again, at I th- the Essence poll, she was ahead of Warren. I think that's correct um, for that cross-section anyway. But I keep saying, the person that is that can stay, just stay right where they need to until they get later in the race. And uh, Come on, they're having a debate with 10 people on stage. It's still 10 people. That's a debate cipher. I'm not, who, it's too many people. But once those little other ones, Jill, uh, what's you call it, um, Jillian, what's fucking, Kirsten Gillibrand has already dropped out, with some of these other folks, the males, they gonna have to be drug off stage, they just refuse to drop out, but when some of these other people drop out, then you'll really start to see people gain traction, okay, and I just, personally, I think Biden is gonna be there, I think Warren might be there, but I think Warren is peaking too soon, Warren was doing really bad, Warren was only getting 3 and 4%, and people was like, she had the biggest chance to jump, which she has, but I think she's jumped it now, now can she sustain it, I don't know, Kamala didn't have these big, these big jumps, she got a, a, um, a rise in the first debate, because a lot of people didn't know who she was, which I don't even know how, because she's been at these Senate hearings, but whatever, but if she's maintaining, she's right, it's very early, she's maintaining, she's still out for fundraising people, and we're still in these little nobody cares states, we haven't gotten to the Pennsylvanias, the New Yorks, the Illinois, the, the Californias, the Texas, the Florida, that's when you're gonna really see, and I just don't know if Liz Warren is gonna play as well in Texas, and 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 um, you know they they do well. The bur- and and the other thing that I think is going to hurt Warren, and this is a fucking shame, is that asshole Bernie Sanders, who I don't even think should be able to run, who is an egomaniac, will not drop out. Same thing. He's going to stay in the race. It's going to be obvious that he can't win, and he's going to stay in the race. And his voters and her voters are the same voters, and he is going to pull people from her. And that's what's going to that to me. That's what's going to hurt her and allow Kamala to slide through because Kamala doesn't have that. There's really nobody that's going to pull Joe Biden. Maybe. That's why I say Kamala and Joe are the two that are really unique. I just, I, if, if Bernie would ever show grace and drop out, then yeah, Warren would be in there. But I, you know, he's not. You know, he is an ego maniac. He doesn't give a fuck about the country. He just is all about it because he, when he knew that they were trying to use his campaign to hurt Hillary, did he drop out? No, he didn't. He just kept going. And what happened? So that's another reason he's going to split her vote. He's gonna, because those Bernie bros are gonna vote for Bernie. If he wasn't in the race, they might throw their vote to Warren, they might throw their vote to Biden. But Bernie gonna be in there. So, you know, I, that's, that's, that's why, like, you know, 
but I will say this, like I said last week, stop attacking them candidates, because Bernie, Warren, Harris, Beto, uh, Corey, fucking, uh, Castro, I'll take any, even that Twitter guy, I'm, well, maybe not him, I need somebody with some government experience, or any, any one of them is better than that piece of garbage we got in the White House right now, so, just, just, you know, hang in there, hang in there, we all gotta come out, we all gotta vote, though, these Kamala's a cop, these, you know, Biden's senile, like, don't, stop attack, don't go in for that, that, you know, there are people out here who, I, my my theory is they want to derail because, you know, if things ever got better, what the fuck would they do? They are professional complainers, professional think pieces, professional woke motherfuckers, professional pointing out faults with no solutions and no, no nothing to help, but, you know, we gonna point out what's wrong, you fucking useless. The motherfuckers won't have nothing to do if we actually start the progress, and so that's why they trying to derail everything, because it's in their best interest for Trump to stay in there, so they can keep getting checks, writing these stink pieces okay, the rest of us, we just gotta kinda tune them out, and I know they, they die hard, but it's not a lot of them we gotta just like tune them out, just please everybody come out, everybody vote, I don't care who your candidate is, vote for your candidate in the primary, until they, not an option anymore, and then whoever the Democratic candidate is, vote for them, if it's Joe Biden, vote for Joe Biden, if it's Elizabeth Warren, vote for Elizabeth Warren, if it's Kamala Harris, vote for Kamala Harris, if it's, I don't know, Beetle, whoever I still, I still say there's somebody that's gonna surge the last minute, cause they're always is, I don't know if it's going to be Beto or Castro I personally think a winning ticket that'll bring out the broadest base is what you need is Kamala Harris, and I actually um, like I said, I don't believe these polls, but there are um, also graphs you can look up that shows which which candidate has the broadest base meaning which candidate has has solid support across all demographics, and that list shows that it is Kamala Harris, and that's why I think that she is gonna pull through at the end, because she has enough of everybody, does she have all the super liberals? No does she have all the Bernie bros? No but Warren and Bernie they have one particular portion of the vote, and yes, there are other, you know here and there, Biden he has, you know white men, I guess, that are not voting for Trump, which I don't even know who those are at this point, and he has, you know, older blacks, but again, the older blacks are, they follow, they, they would have told you they were for Hillary at this point too, they, they gonna do whatever we do, you know, when they see that it's part, that the rest of us is going with Kamala, they gonna go with Kamala, if that's the case, but, um, the ticket that I think brings out the most is is Kamala and either Beto or Castro. I, I, people say Kamala and Warren, that would be a great ticket, but y'all think they vote for two women when they wouldn't vote for one, y'all are crazy. Um, Biden and Warren could also work, I mean, sorry, Biden, Biden and Warren could work, Biden and Harris could work, um, but I think, I, I think that Kamala Harris, because, listen, white women, we know how they are, those 53%, and when you talk to them, them fucking bitches, a lot of them who, and you can't trust what they say, but a lot of them are saying they like, the ones that who, like Harris, because they don't like Trump for whatever, per Trump that ran up across their personal feelings, they don't care about nobody else, but ran across their comp- personal feelings, I, what I'm trying to say is that 53%, somebody, nobody's gonna drag all of them away, but if you can get 1% or 2% away, that's all you would need, and I don't see them, I don't see, I don't see white women who voted for Trump going all the way to Warren, I just don't, I see them going to Kamala, I don't see them going to Warren, and so that's why, if I say, if she just hangs in there, and she gets enough, and some of these other people start to fall off, 
we're gonna see what's what Bernie is gonna fucking ruin Warren's shit unless she, she can talk him out of it and, and I'm gonna tell y'all right now y'all talking about Biden for president well, they'll get crushed, them motherfuckers will get let, the, Trump will win another four years if you run Bernie and Warren I'm telling you right the fuck now it'll be the worst car it'll be the worst thing ever okay, um, it has to be some other combination, Biden and Warren could work, it could work, because you got Biden, and you got Warren, who's, you know, younger, and, and, and people like, you know, it could work, Harris and Warren would be a dream ticket, but they ain't vote for two women, trust me, they not, um, but it has to be some combination, two white people is not gonna work, Unless it's Biden and Warren, that's the only two white people I can see, and maybe, I mean, maybe that's what happened, we'll see, I don't know though, I don't know, I don't know, but um, yeah so the last thing I wanted to say before I get out of here and um, you know I'm a pretty positive person, I've done a lot, you know I'm sure, like I told y'all, I'm trying to do a music entertainment thing, that's a conference I'm going to today, or and this this week, and I've got a lot, of, I've been networking a lot, i got a lot of shit lined up, I've actually gotten some interviews, I don't really feel too good about them, but whatever, it's a, it's a start right, um and so I'm, I'm really accomplished, and I, and I know what it takes to, you know, do things, and I am so tired, like, this whole, this whole fake wellness, fake, everybody just, you know, oh no, you have to be pun, you have to use your energy, I'm so sick of you motherfucking people, leave me the fuck alone, I understand, we understand, I'm speaking for more than myself here, I know, we understand positive energy and all that shit, but like, you're not gonna positive energy your way out of a motherfucker that don't wanna hire a black person, okay, you're not gonna positive energy your way out of a motherfucker that's going, you know, only wants to hire somebody from, you know, certain schools, or only you know, it's just, it's some shit that you just, you could be the most positive capable, believe in yourself person in the world you can go in there and do your best, and it's just things that are out of your control, and you motherfuckers that's always hitting people with the, oh, well, you just gotta get your mind right, you gotta, you gotta will things in like, bitch, shut up, you are fucking annoying, you sound fucking stupid, and this is how people get caught up in fucking cults, on this stupid shit you're talking about right now, you can't, you know, I, listen, I'm prepared, I'm, 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 we're capable, that's not what's keeping people out, there are structures and things in place, biases and racists and prejudices and all kind of shit, you think everybody out here all complaining about the same shit because we don't think positive enough, shut up, you like, oh, God, I'm so tired of it, I'm so, and, and you motherfuckers talking, telling people that, you know, eat berries, and you don't trust doctors, and don't trust medicine, that's why the meat, like, I'm sick of all of you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers are dumb, you motherfuckers are, are saying stupid shit, that anybody who passed sixth grade science knows it's not true, knows it doesn't make any sense, all you gotta do is do a modicum of research, and you'll figure it out, but you won't, cause then the show you're wrong, and you gotta shut the fuck up, like, I am tired of you all, I'm t- that whole thing, all these women empowerment, people on Twitter have been starting to talk about these women empowerment, with seminars, where some dumb bitch who got some kind of fucking PowerPoint they put together, don't know what the fuck she's talking about, and you got real professional women in here playing, paying money to hear you say stupid shit. Cut it out, and y'all stop going to that shit. I told y'all before, I'm not. You take advice, but you have to consider the source. And and I don't believe. And some people say, oh, well, you can learn from a fail. You can learn. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't want to. If you ain't did it, I don't want to hear what you got to say because you don't know how to do it. Because the people who made it, they failed many times, and they can tell you the different ways 
case they fail, they can tell you how they have to restart, they can tell you what they had to do, what worked, what didn't work for them to finally make it through, so you don't need to talk to nobody who is not a success, you don't need to talk to nobody that doesn't know how to do it, can you take a a peer-to-peer advice, sure, I take peer-to-peer advice all the time, I take people who graduated since me from law school, because I see, oh, you're doing, you're doing, oh, you made that step, I'm trying to make that step, how did you do it, oh, and I give people advice, like, how did you, like, yes, you can take advice, but you always have to consider the source, okay, and if a bitch ain't got the education, training, intelligence, ain't read a book, what can she tell you? Stop paying, I'm so tired of these false empowerment, you go in there and they're talking a bunch of bullshit about crystals and centering yourself, like, shut up, I know, I can do that, I know, but that ain't, that, that's not gonna get you in, into a, a fucking law firm where everybody in there is fucking white and, and, and they don't think there's nothing wrong with it and their idea of diversity is the one Asian lawyer which they already hire who's married to the partner, okay it ain't no positive vibes in around that, alright sick of y'all, cut it out y'all are annoying somebody called it toxic positivity <laughs> which I think is funny but it's actually true, because you know what, sometimes somebody just want to tell you, yo, I had a bad day, let me tell you what happened, blah, 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 oh, well, you gotta, you know, that's negative thinking, you can't, if you, oh, man, I'm gonna kick you in your fucking face, get the fuck out of here, you know what, fuck you, we ain't friends no more, go the fuck away, because I can't fucking talk to you, I'm not complaining, I ain't no complaining ass bitch, I ain't no three weeks from now, I'm gonna still be talking about the same shit, I'm, I'm already making moves to adjust, but, but sometimes people just want to vent, they just want to let you know you know, what happened, like, yo, let me tell you, I went through all this, I talked to dude, I went in there, dude wasn't even trying to listen, you know what I mean, he was like tapping on his phone the whole time, you know, whatever the case, like, they just trying to have a conversation with you, and here you go with this old fucking Jim Jones glassy-eyed shit, get the fuck out of here, man, y'all are annoying, and I don't know what it is about me, I keep attracting these fucking goof troops, but like, yo, I'm not the one, okay, I done been to war and everything, alright, I done shot guns, I done had guns shot at me, I done did all kind of shit, I'm not here for your nonsense, okay, I live in the real world, my feet, both my feet is on the ground, and don't get me wrong, I'm very close to the veil, I believe in spiritual, I've had people that I know, family, not family, come to me in my dreams, I've had dreams, and I'm like, what the fuck was that, like, I am not denying that side of consciousness at all, but like y'all taking that shit be too far, and some of y'all is just fucking phony, period at the end of the day just stop, cut it out that's how, that's how we get to Trump now, cause you got Marianne Williams said, oh you can turn the hurricane with the power of your mind, bitch shut up shut up, there's people dead right now in that hurricane shut up alright y'all um, talk to y'all enough <laughs> this is episode, what did I say? episode 214, thanks for asking Kel's podcast, I'm Kel's, you can hit me on at KMGZ um, yeah, thanks for listening write me, rate me, I see y'all out there Um, tell your friends, retweet me if you got anything you want me to talk about or tell me, you can at me you know, I've, I've been seeing people in person now, I know it be y'all, cause y'all be like smiling and waving, and I be like, I don't know you and they, y'all just scoot off, and I be like what the fuck? Yeah, I think that's trying to holler. Oh, like, oh, they probably listen to the podcast. Y'all can say, y'all can like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. Like, I might act weird because I just be taken aback at first. But like, you can say hi and shit. I appreciate knowing y'all listen. Um, yeah. So, they, um, tell your friends. Um, I'm on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean. Uh, is that it? Yes. 
think those are all the outlets that I can be found on. Um, my webpage, which is very basic, is thanksforasking.co. Um, the emails, thanksforaskingpodcast at gmail. But again, it is way better and more efficient to hit me at KMGZ on Twitter. Um, yeah, and you know, see y'all next week. Peace.